Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. The following is rated MA. Some people may find it offensive. It contains language, adult themes and immature content, as well as fart jokes. There will be lots of fart jokes. Listener discretion is advised. You've been warned. Grand final week, the two best sides of the season for the biggest prize in the game. Welcome to the Weekly Wodge, a full-on but, at times, pretty loose look at the wonderful world of sport. Our lineup this week, it reads like a who's who. Dropping in, Craig Bellamy, Scott Sattler, Ryan Hoffman, Stacey Jones, Corey Parker, John Cartwright, Daly Cherry Evans and Ryan Hinchcliffe in an episode sponsored by the letter D. For dickheads destroying the dallies. What happened there? Seriously, what a shit fight. Let's look at the numbers that matter for Sunday's GF. Penrith have won two premierships, 91 and 03. Melbourne have won three, 99, 12 and 17. And they were also retrospectively stripped of two titles in 07 and 09. The Storm are playing in their 10th GF in the NRL era, which is recorded from 98 onwards. It's a pretty fair record. The longest winning streak all the way to claim a grand final victory currently stands at 11. That was Souths in 1955 and Manly in 1972, a number the Panthers would destroy should they win their 18th straight game and take out the Premiership. In terms of GF experience, Penrith have three players, James Tamo, Zane Tedavano and Appy Corusau, all for other clubs. Melbourne have 11 that have played a total of 34 grand finals between them. It's the 35th game played between the two clubs. The Storm have a 26-9 advantage, but the Panthers won the most recent. That was round six this year, 21 points to 14. I can't wait. This week, we caught up with a few Premiership winners from both the Storm and the Panthers to give us their thoughts. The question posed to all four was, what has you confident of your side but concerned about the other for Sunday's decider? Scott Sattler won the 2003 Premiership with the Panthers. Uh, What's got me confident, AJ, is the composure of the young side. Um, I don't think they fear anyone and anyone who keeps expecting them to fall over because they're a young and experienced side in big games have um, probably quickly got to remember that this side have won a lot of big games together when they're coming through the Penrith Penrith Juniors. Um, Yeah, it's not an NRL grand final, but they know each other. Combinations uh, mean a lot in in big occasions. Uh, I think Nathan Cleary um, at 22 years of age and played 100 first grade games already here. He's quite amazing um, the way that he can control a game. Um, so I feel as though these young players, these young players, they don't fear anyone. They won't fear the reputations of Melbourne. And um, 
if they can handle that first onslaught of that 10 or 15 minutes, if they can handle that and get through the other side, I'm, I'm confident they've got the game management to be able to, to win the game. What do I fear? Most obvious question. Um, the two most obvious questions are, can they handle that physicality that Melbourne throw into the first 10 minutes of a game where they yeah. just go out with this intention just to blow you off the park and they can do that. Um, my other one is, my other fear is, can Penrith Panthers stand up to water torture for 78 minutes, which is what Cameron Smith puts every team through? He doesn't care whether he strikes a final blow in the in the last two two or three minutes of a game. So I fear the, the, the water torture. Can they handle it? Which I think they can. And also that physical onslaught from the opening the opening whistle. Ryan Hoffman played in five grand finals for the Storm, runners-up in 06 and 08, winners in 07 and 09, but their premiership status was invalid because of that salary cap breach. He did, though, win in 2012. When you're coming up a team that's won seven in straight, you, you know they're doing something, right, don't you? Mm. Um, look, I, I think the, the way that, Penrith sort of play. They're they're a very they're they're a very confident team, and they've earned their confidence. They're, they've earned the right to be to be confident and to, to back themselves. And um, when you come up against a team like like that, that's rolling. It, it is quite quite tough to um, to to mitigate that. Um, when when you've got teams that are young and enthusiastic, thinking how good rugby league yeah. and playing at the best ability, it's it's a very t- tough train to pull back. Look, but for for us, I think. Yeah, you know, we, we have a lot of confidence that we've got plenty of guys who have played a lot of big games. Yep. That um, that know know what it takes. It's been a up and down year for us, and um, a lot of things have changed. Obviously, where we're staying, look, even the rules and all that sort of stuff. But the the mental fortitude of this team to just make sure that it doesn't matter what's going on around us, doesn't matter what the opposition do, doesn't matter what the weather's doing, whatever, it won't affect what we do on the paddock because we prepare as, as well we can, and that that's what gives us confidence. Um, to match the Panthers' confidence and um, and you know, the flair of the, the way they're playing is that we prepare better than anyone else and that's going to put us in best dead. But in the end, it's going to come down to the team. Number one, handles the occasion. And number two, starts the best, I think, because you know when the Panthers get on a roll, they're very hard to pull back. John Cartwright was a part of the first Penrith Grand Final side in 1990 and the first winning Grand Final side in 1991. He gives us his thoughts. Uh, what's what I'm confident about, mate, is that I think they've been the best side all year. They, they've, you know, they've won 16 in a row, I believe. And you, you know, the the cynic would say that's closer to a loss, but for me, I just think they've been the best side all year. Yep. They've won two tight semi-finals in different circumstances and and found a way. Um, you know, if if they're a racehorse, uh, you'd want to be on them this week. You know, just on the on the back of what they've done. Um, the thing that concerns me the most, mate, is who they're playing. I think, yeah. you know, Melbourne Storm are a, you know, they're just a super, super, super well-drilled coach side, you know, with, with stars right across the park. They they can score tries in any situation, you know. They 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 they, they set pieces with their kicks, which are really, really hard to defend to, and then you try and cover that and you, you leave yourself open. They've, they've perfected that. Uh, type of footy, um, you know. Who knows what Cameron Smith's going to be doing, but I'm sure they're treating it as his last game. So there's a there's a lot of things there, you know, football and emotion wise. But I, I think if you go through history, the majority of times the best side across the whole year wins the grand final, and you know I think that'll be the case this weekend. Ryan Hinchcliffe is also a premiership winner, 2012, and like Ryan Hoffman, he currently works on the coaching staff at the club. 
we'll go with the opposition first. Um, they're outside backs. They're so doing a really, really good job for them at the moment. Um, they carry the ball very strongly, so I think that's a um, that's a huge strength of their team. And then obviously um, Nathan Cleary's kicking game. I think he's he's, he's had a a lot of try assists through his kicking game, um, so he's he's doing a really good job for him as well. And um, obviously the little hooker Appy Corisau, I think he's um, you know he's a he's a wonderful player. You know controls the tempo of the game really well. And um, and the big fellow who didn't play in our last game is big Billy Army Kickout, obviously. So he's he's a huge threat, especially close to the line for them. And um, you know, so we're going to have to. Make sure we do our homework on him and and do our best to get in front and stop him. So there's a there's a couple of reasons why um, you know, they're a, they're a very dangerous side. And about us, um, I just I just think that um, we've you know we've been living together for four months now as a as a whole club as a team, and you know these guys have sacrificed a whole heap to be here, and um, you know we've we've been reasonably consistent over the last couple of weeks and. You know, I I just like to see the players here get you know you know really get something out of the season and get what they deserve out of the season because like I said they've sacrificed a huge amount living away from their families, haven't slept in their own bed for over four months, haven't seen their mums and dads for for probably for the same amount of time, um, and it'd be really nice that you know these guys get something special because they because they deserve it. Both Hinchy and Hoffy doing a great job with the Storm and learning their coaching craft under the modern day master. And we'd also like to welcome and congratulate Hinchy's kids for making their debut on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. You're listening to Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Want to be part of the team? We have both corporate and private sponsorship packages available. You set the terms. Check out the website at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au or send an email to Terry, that's with an I, at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. We released an in-depth two-part interview with Craig Bellamy earlier in the week. A cracker it was. Stuck inside the Melbourne Storm bubble, he did it from his room at Twin Waters Resort on the Sunshine Coast where the team has been staying for the past four months. Here's an example of how not everything always goes to plan. And, you know, like I say, with um, my time with Tim and my time with Wayne, just goes to show that um, what they, those guys really believed in what they did, yeah, um, and they they just stuck to to their beliefs all the time, and you know it proved very um, successful for them. Can you hear that? It's for, 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 yeah, it's a fire alarm. You know? Was that? Yeah, is that was, you or Mike? No, that was you. Yeah, must be. Yeah. That's all right. No, it's just done. Yeah, <laughs> Munster's playing with matches again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. don't be surprised. <laughs> Here he comes, there he is. There's a fire. No, no, there you go. It might be just testing, hopefully. Oh, dear. We'll see how we go. It was a brilliant interview and insight to Craig. I hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't checked it out, I would recommend it. Over the next few weeks on the Legend Series, Mal Meninga, Brent Tate, Jamie Simpson, Kevin Walters, Muay Thai fighting royalty, John Wayne Parr as well. We are loaded with interviews, including one with Kiwi legend, the little general, Stacey Jones, who's often referred to as the best player never to win a GF. 
Here's just a little from the interview as we reflect to his grand final appearance with the Warriors in 2002. Um, we had a, you know, we had a good balance of players. We had a tough forward pack, you know, with Jerry, Tooks, Arwen, obviously Campo, Logan, Y, Villa, um, and you know it was probably a period where I was um, able to play my best football, and uh, I had a really good dummy half. You know, I had a PJ Marsh who was, oh, look, he was outstanding. Yeah. The deliverance that he would give you, um, his craftiness around the ruck, you know. So I think at that time we just had a good balanced team. That was the year the Bulldogs were stripped of their competition points for significant salary cap breaches and significant as in very bold text there. You finished minor premiers and you were grand finalists. Unfortunately, you ran into the Sydney Roosters on grand final day. What a side that was. Yeah. um, They were just cracking red hot. Um, Defensively, they were were a step ahead of everyone else. Um, um, You know, they they just took time away from you. I remember playing against them. I think they beat us by 40. Second to last round of the the season, and then um, yeah, they would they just took away your time. They were aggressive line speed, yep. um, and then obviously they're attacking with with Freddie leading the way um, it was very tough. So mm. it was one of the most brutal grand finals I can recall. Six two at half time, and then just after the break, you scored a try. That try. Marsh combining with Jones after CU2, you gave them an opportunity. Here's Jones in his space. Jones is inside the 10. Jones scores. New Zealand are level. New Zealand are level. But just have a look at Jones. Dummies to Lauatuti. Steps left, steps left again. Through the gap. Comes to the fullback Phillips. He's a good defender. Didn't go close to getting him. Avoided the ankle tap from Brad Fittler. He's beaten five or six. Punches the air. And he's ch- a chance for his team to go in front with the conversion. Oh, this is unbelievable. This is one of the best grand final tries you'll ever see. He's beaten five, six, seven players. No one laid a hand on him in the end. What can you recall from that moment? Uh, yeah, look, I remember, you know, going in at half time. I felt, you know, we, we were right in the game. Um, we were unlucky not to score right on half time. Um, I think it was Justin Murphy was chasing a kick at the ball bounce one way. But had bounced the other, he would have scored. And then coming in at half time, we, you know, we were feeling pretty good about ourselves. Um, and uh, fortunately for us, we got off to a good start. Jerry um, took the ball into the line and offloaded and gave me a bit of space. And it's one of those things that you just go, wow, you know, you see the trial and just go for it. And, um, yeah, you know, it was a special moment. But obviously, I'd give that back any day um, yeah. to have the the win. This is the Weekly Watch on Andy Raymond Unfiltered and it's feature interview time. And for this week's interview, we searched the rugby league landscape for the best-looking, most talented, charismatic and well-hung footballer we could find. Sadly, they were unavailable, so we called Corey Parker instead and he was happy to fill in Hello, Super Coach God. Always good to chat. Are you ready for the GF? <laughs> Hello, great man. What an introduction. Yeah, mate, it should be great for the GF. I mean, the two best teams that we've seen uh, in 2020 uh, end up 
in the last game of the season in the grand final. It's been a an interesting year, but um, for mine, it's they're two best teams. They deserve to be where they are and should be a cracking game. It happens more times than not. There's a, a lot of different uh, combinations that could make a grand final all the way through the year. But the majority of times, it does end up the right way round, and the two best sides have again made it. Yeah, you're spot on. I mean, I mean, the, the prelim finals that we saw, there were some gallant fights there from obviously Canberra and South, who did a terrific job to come from fifth and sixth uh, to play in those prelims. But you just can't fluke your way through those big games. And we've seen that, and we've seen that over the years. You've got the two best defensive teams. Uh, that have gone through to the grand final. But more importantly, two real exciting teams that have really adopted this, I suppose, new look football um, mm. style that we've seen in 2020 off the back of some of the, the real changes. They've really adopted it uh, and adapted quite quickly. And you would have thought so from, obviously, uh, Melbourne's point of view. That they're a team that have had sustained success over a long period of time. You don't do that unless you can you know, adapt. Yeah. But the Penrith Panthers, what an exciting machine they are. And they've they've proven a lot of people wrong through the semi-final series, falling behind both in both games and then finding something in a way to come through and win. And, and they've done that just based purely on, uh, you know, just the confidence and that air of arrogance, which is a good thing you need in sport. And um, it should be an outstanding game. I hope for Penrith and all those guys that they just play with that same confidence that we've seen them play and they don't sort of tighten up going into the... Grand final, as for Melbourne, well, we sort of know what they're going to throw up, don't we? Yeah, mate, and I think you've touched on where it it comes down to for me. The most telling difference will be who handles it, calm veterans or fearless youth. And, And fearless youth play with a level of confidence, but there is always a risk that they play the game early. Yeah, you're spot on. You're spot on. But I think, you know, particularly that first sort of semi-final against the Roosters when they... You know, they come up against the Roosters at home. They were down by 12, I think it was, and yep. they found a way to, to get a win. I think that gives them a real sort of uh, – instills a real sort of belief within their side that they can mix it. Yeah, yeah, they uh, played all those sort of club games and they haven't lost, but um, to play in a semi-final at home was, was special for them. Andy, something that really sort of struck me is when they played the Broncos and they walked into, Bronco, into Suncorp Stadium and they were just a tight-knit group. They had the boombox going. They were bouncing around. They had the chest puffed out. They had a real arrogance about them. And I say that in the utmost respect. You need to have an arrogance about you and a confidence yeah. when you play in the NRL. But more importantly, when you are a premiership favourite or a force to be reckoned with, you can see that a mile away. And we've seen that through the images that we've seen through the, uh, uh, you know, the TV uh, into the dressing rooms, and I think it's just fantastic to see. And you spoke about the, the youth. Well, the youth that we've seen from the Penrith Panthers this year, they just don't – I'm sure they do, but they just don't fear failure. Yeah. They just they just throw it all out there. And I think that's why we've seen so much success come their way. But more importantly, you know, they're playing such an exciting brand of football. But in rugby league, mate, as you know, uh, not everything happens the way you want it to. So it yeah. should be an interesting game. Mate, last year the Raiders Roosters, this year's Storm and Panthers, you probably couldn't get any more polar opposites. Two sides that they look different, they feel different, they play different. Yeah, I mean, you've got a, a, a team there that's played, um, I could be wrong, but I, I think they've played in every second grand final for nearly the last decade. Yeah, I mean, crazy. Cameron Smith goes into his eighth grand final. It's, it, it's ridiculous. It's remarkable to think that a, a team and a club has been able to sustain so much success after losing so much 
strike power over the years, um, you know, they just keep turning up and they just keep getting it done. So they go into uh, into the game with a lot of experience on their hand, but they've still got a lot of inexperience in their team too. Yeah. I mean, you talk at the likes of Branko Lee and Pappenhausen and uh, Hughes and the like. Uh, but obviously, you know, Smith and Munster and, and that sort of um, Kafushi have played, Jesse Bromwich and Kenny Bromwich, they've played in a lot of grand finals. But then I just flipped to the other side and you think about what makes you sort of light up when you watch, um, you know, when you watch the TV, you watch a team play, you know, the exciting brand of football that Cleary and Fisher-Harris and, yeah. and Luai and, and Yo are playing with. And then you go out to the edges and you've got Kikau. Um, you know, who's, who's back and he's got to be in his bonnet. He missed the prelim, so he's got something to show. They've just got this understanding with themselves. And a lot of those young guys have played a lot of youth and a lot of football for the Panthers coming through. And that'll certainly help, particularly on the big stage. But the other thing I think that might help, Andy, is the fact that the, the thoroughfare of the, I suppose, the formalities that go along with grand final week yeah. are happening, you know the breakfast and the lunch and the brunch and, you know, the signing session, the media and all that sort of stuff. That's not there. So they're able just to concentrate uh, and, and do what they would normally do in a week-out, week, uh, weekend situation. So that will certainly help them. You've been there to the big dance, a 2006 Premiership winner with the Broncos. You guys beat the Storm 15 points to eight in an amazing career spanning 344 games. What's the key? Uh, the key to winning grand finals, you mean? Oh, mate, you've changed. You have 344. changed. You nicknamed me 347 for a reason and you've thrown out a 344. What is the key? Oh, oh, it's a good I, question. I threw out the bait and you, you bit. <laughs> Corey played 347 games in his career, which is a, a wonderful achievement, and somehow it's ended up as an absolute piss take between him and I over the last three or four years, and I actually refer to him as Mr. 347. Mate, do you recall the first time we actually called a game together and within the first minute I introduced you as Mr. 347 and you nearly fucking choked? Yeah, mate, look, working alongside you was was honestly a blessing because when I first come in, you're a little bit tight and you're sort of wondering, you know, how this is all going to pan out. Then you've got guys like yourself uh, that just give you that – well, they, they, that calmness and, and, and really make it enjoyable because what we do is enjoyable and it should be enjoyable. But at the time, you're absolutely shitting yourself and I was no different. So you're a you know, great calming influence. And then you just the ability to have some uh, some fun on air and also off air. There's that little sneaky button where you can talk to each other yeah. but no one else hears, which is a, which is a bit of fun. So, uh, Mate, it's a really – it's a unique position. It's something we'll get into a little bit further when we do our Legend Series interview with you. But you guys as professionals are coached every day of your life for the last 20 years. You sign a contract with the media and respectfully to the media outlets, they basically throw you a microphone and say, here you go. There's not a whole lot of training in the transition, is there? No, you're spot on. Um, And from the industry that we come in, obviously, you're getting sort of daily to hourly feedback on how to be better and how how you can improve, etc., and then, yeah, I, I mean, I still remember, as I said, we'll, we'll probably get into it at another time, but I remember the first time I got, you know, given that the, the microphone and you're just leaning on all the experience that you've sort of got over the years on, on standing in front of a camera and, um, yeah, just put on the brave face, mate, and, yeah. and, and hopefully it all goes to, goes to plan. But um, it's, it's certainly been an enjoyable ride. Mate, going back to 06, what do you recall most fondly of that day and that win? Oh, the thing that 
comes straight to mind when you, when you say that is that moment in the game where you know you've got the game won. Yeah. Um, which you know, you know that was about. Uh, I had a shot at goal uh, with about seven minutes to go from the sideline uh, that would have put us up by eight, and uh, it just shaved the uprights. And you know, so we obviously only up by a converted try. We go down the field that next set at six, um, and, and Lockie kicks a field goal, and we saw up by seven with I think it was about five or six minutes to go. But we just had that feeling within the team that. Yeah, you know, I sort of looked up and glanced, and, and and for a moment just dreamt that this is going to happen. Whereas in 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 fifteen, never really fully had that that feeling yeah. that you know this game is ours. Um, I, I thought we could hang on. I thought we could hang on, and and as it turns out, uh, it didn't end up happening. So, my winning a grand final is the pinnacle of what you do. It's 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 an amazing feeling, and there's been so many guys play our game, so many great players play our game that A, haven't even played in the grand final or B, yeah. haven't won the grand final. It's a feeling that I wish every professional sports person was able to uh, feel because it's 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 so special. Look, it took me seven years to, to win one and it took me another nine years to get back in one. Yep. Uh, so, you know, these young guys that are turning out for Penrith on and for Melbourne for that matter on, on Sunday, uh, you know, they should be really trying to absorb as much as they can. What are your plans for GF Day? Family, missus, mates, corporate, Broncos, what are you doing? Uh, all the above other than the Broncos corporate. So uh, I think we've got about 36 people coming around here, mate. So we'll probably start a little bit early and watch the Bronco girls up oh, against the, yeah. the Roosters and uh, a couple of cold beverages and kids will be in the pool and the footy will be on. It'll be just what else do you do in Queensland, mate? The weather will be perfect. Yeah. The beers will be cold. And uh, we'll sit back and watch, uh, uh, hopefully, two great games of footy. You'll have the shirt off posting on Instagram or something like that I don't, anyway. I don't wear shirts. You know that. You got it. Always a pleasure chatting to you, mate. Thanks for dropping in, Legend. Uh, catch you soon. Look forward to it, mate. Anytime. This is Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Sport is about moments, the ones you just don't forget. That win, that miss, almost, celebration, frustration, never forgotten. Let's wind back the clock. We're joined now by rugby league historian Ian Collis. The year is 1969 and, mate, it was actually your first live grand final at the ground. The SCG, the Balmain Tigers and the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Forever a great day for me. We got there, I think we got there about 11 o'clock in the morning, so about an hour before the third grade started. Uh, all the seats were gone. It was basically um, first in, first serve. Yeah. We sat on the steps of the Sheridan stand. We got trodden over all day by everyone. We didn't care. In the third grade, South played Canterbury. South Sydney put a big score on them, beat them quite easily. I remember the um, the third grade, was, we were in the Sheridan stand and, the, and that's where the players come out of um, from the sheds. And before the third grade started, the first grade coach for South Sydney, Clive Churchill, and the, the secretary, the secretary in those days was basically the, the CEO or the yep. general manager, what we have these days. Dennis Donahue, and you uh, came into the sheds, you could see them walking underneath, obviously, to give the side a uh, well, um, good luck for the day. South Sydney put the cleaners through Canterbury. I think the score was 25-11, which in those days was a big score. Yes. They were three-point tries in those days. That was a big score for a grand final. So um, I'm thinking, okay, South Sydney are flexing their muscles already. 
in the reserve grade, Balmain actually played. They played manly. They got beat 10-6 in a pretty Dura affair. I thought, oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Once it won run, the Tigers have uh, lost one. The first grade came out, and South Sydney were an awesome side. They were amazing. They had they had power. They had strength. They had it all. They had the greats of the game playing. But they were coming up against a Balmain side who were extremely underrated. You could, in some ways, you could compare them to the Penrith of this year. They kept winning all year. They were they were ever one or two all year. They had a lot of young players who were sprinkling new experience. And they'd held their own against South Sydney all year. They, they'd had one win and one loss yep. in the semi-final. South Sydney beat them by a point with a late Eric Sims penalty goal. I think it was about a minute and a half, two minutes from full time. It was a scrum penalty about 45 metres out. And the great Eric Sims, you just knew he was going to kick it. Um, that put South Sydney through. But in that semi-final, Balmain played for 45 minutes with a man short when their gun player, Arthur Beetson, was sent off in the first half for... Um, trying to take Ron Coote's head off. He obviously um, got a bit irritated by something Ron must have done to him or said to him, so he tried to show him who was boss. Unfortunately, um, Artie was was out, and it looked like Balmain's chances were gone. Balmain came out in the second half of that game and just absolutely played their hearts out. They were extremely unlucky um, to, to get beaten. South Sydney went through to the grand final. The Tigers had to play Manly the next week, and luck, as luck would have it, the next week Manly were definitely the better side in the final. Balmain scored a late try through their bustling winger, the powerful George Rudner, who pushed his way over for a try with a minute to go and broke Manly's hearts and got the Tigers through 15-14. So the date was set for the grand final the following week against South. And uh, as history would have it, the Tigers won 11-2. But I must say, obviously, I'm, I'm... I will be perceived as one eyed, and you'll probably cop, I'll probably cop a bit of abuse from South Sydney supporters. This lying down factor on the day, I mean, they were outplayed. Yeah. You know, the, the Tigers on, on occasion might have slowed it down a bit, but they were South Sydney were outplayed. I interviewed uh, the coach of uh, Balmain on that day, Laurie no- Lo- Leo Nosworthy, sorry, about 20 years later, and I said, What was your. What was the tactic to try and to try and beat them, Leo? And he said he took the blind side off them. They had Coot and McCarthy working that blind side. Yep. And he took the blind side off them. That's where they attacked a lot. They used to get frustrated and they would just throw it around. And that's what the Tigers do. They stack their blind side. Their defence um, on the outside, they were bringing their centres and wingers up in a curved fashion to, to herd them back in, which no one had really done up till that stage. So you got to give it to Lowe. He was, he was a great tactician. And these were the days of pre-gang tackling. So basically, you were tackling man on man. You might get occasionally one of your teammates to come in and help you finish someone off. But it was basically man on man. So really, if you were the better side, the faster side, the stronger side, you, in most instances, you would win. But on this day, the, the Tigers uh, managed to get them 11-2. to two. Great day. Great memories. I could listen to the old-time stories all day. I love it, especially the first-hand accounts from guys that have been in the rugby league industry for decades. Just brilliant. But it's not all serious on the Weekly Wodge. It's the loosest podcast in Aussie sport for a reason. This is Serious Shit We Just Need to Know. Daily Cherry Evans from the Manly Seagulls has joined us on the Weekly Wodge. We love us some DCE too. Okay, mate, quick fire. Step Brothers or Dumb and Dumber? 
Step Brothers. Quinella or Exacta? <laughs> Exacta. Rocky or Rambo? Rocky. In the toilet, folder or scruncher? I'm a folder. Oh, yes. <laughs> Batman or Superman? Batman. Ali or Tyson? Ali. Beer or wine? Beer. Ford or Holden? Uh, Holden. Sunday Arvo, mates or missus? <laughs> That's a mate. Yeah, <laughs> Is wrestling real or fake? It's fake. <laughs> Will Wiley Coyote ever catch the road runner? <laughs> no. I got to find. <laughs> oh, the, I'm walking home. I don't know if we're still recording. So, walking home from that fateful night I had in Gladstone uh, a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. Um, I was extremely intoxicated and my roommate didn't come for a beer. There was obviously only a few of us that went. And I remember he tells the story. Um, he's asleep and his phone's buzzing and it's me and I'm calling him and calling him. <laughs> shit, shit, he goes, something's wrong. I've got to answer it, mate. Where are you? What's going on? And I just go, mate, because he's told me like stress. And I said, can you grow up? Wrestling's fake. <laughs> and just hung up on him. <laughs> <laughs> and he reckons he just looked at his phone and he went, oh, no, this isn't going to end well for him tonight. <laughs> and it sure as hell didn't. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, the infamous DCE versus Jackson Hastings night in Gladstone, one of the many reasons we love our rugby league. If you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, please go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and review. If you don't, I'll send my mother-in-law to your place for the weekend. And trust me, you don't want that. Hey, the best weekly review wins an unfiltered trucker's hat. Yes, every week. It's that easy. Write a review, you're in with a chance. Try and get our attention, maybe. Tell us your favourite palmy, your favourite burger, your coldest beer. It doesn't matter. It's the review and the stars that count, not the content. This week's winner... PI04, you're a legend. Get in touch, mate. We'll send your prize out. We check the weekly Apple analytics, the stats that reveal everything about our audience... And a really clear pattern is starting to emerge. It's the well-hung males, 25 to 49 years of age, that are leaving the reviews. So, if you've got a bit swinging around down there, don't be shy. Leave your review. If you don't have much, you can at least pretend. Enjoy Sunday's GF. Have a coldie for me. So, back to the real world we go. Have a great week, legends, and don't forget to back Pikey in the last.